Let's stand together. We're going to read our text out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. And Jaden's going to read that for us. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch of their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Awesome. Thank you, Jaden. Uh, before we get started, I want to introduce uh, a special person. Um, where's Kayla? Kayla, where are you? Right there. Everybody, I want you to welcome Kayla. She is uh, the newest youth leader. Uh, she jumped on our team this week, and uh, we're excited for her to be here. And um, she is going to be a middle, middle school girl, small group leader. And so if you get a chance, um, say hi to Kayla. She's a great person. And um, she loves you and um, is just excited to um, hopefully just be a part of your spiritual journey and your formation into more like Jesus. And so thank you, Kayla. We're excited that you're here and uh, it's going to be good. Uh, So tonight we are wrapping up our Advent Sermon Series. And um, if you've been with us over the course of the last three weeks um, or the last three sermons, you've heard us talk about hope, peace, love. Today we're going to end with joy, and we've lit all four of these candles, and we've lit the fifth candle, which represents Jesus. And um, these candles, the reason that candles are used in the tradition of Advent um, is to uh, show that Jesus, and it represents that Jesus is the light amid the darkness, and that he is the ultimate source of our hope, peace, love, and joy. And as I said, we're going to conclude our Advent series tonight with the theme of joy. So here's the deal. No matter who you are, uh, you search for things and people that will provide you with happiness and joy. Um, Every October, you buy certain things on Amazon Prime Day to accomplish one of those two things or both of those things, joy and happiness. Just by a show of hands, how many of you or your family participated in Prime Day this year? If your hands are down, you're probably lying, but that's okay. We're not going to judge you as consumeristic, uh, whatever. Um, you do or don't do certain things because it brings you happiness. You watch a specific movie, a specific show, or comedy special because you know it will make you feel a certain way. And we often use happiness and joy interchangeably in our everyday lives to mean the same thing. And um, if you've spent any time in church, uh, you may have heard statements about joy and happiness not being interchangeable. And so I'm not going to I'm not going to say that as a Christian you must eliminate the word happy or happiness uh, from your vocabulary, but I will say this, basic happiness is not sustainable. There are times of happiness just as there are times of sadness and sorrow in the life of a believer, but the pursuit of happiness is not the primary pursuit of a believer. 
With that said, there I, I believe that there is a difference between joy and happiness. Let's let's talk about that. Happiness is an emotion that you and I experience on a daily basis. Um, oftentimes we experience happiness uh, probably a dozen, two, three dozen times, but we also experience the fleeting nature of happiness. You are happy in one moment, but then someone says or does something, and what happens? your happiness is gone just like that. Your day is going well, but then you get a grade on a test and it just ruins everything. Or something more severe like bad news about um, a relationship in your family, um, a divorce happening in your family, or maybe a divorce with your parents, someone that you love, they get a diagnosis. Your happiness can be gone in an instant. Um, Megan and I experience the fleeting nature of happiness about a hundred times a day or four million times a day with our kids. So when kids are younger, their ability to regulate their emotions isn't fully developed. So they have very, very high highs and they have very low lows all within a span of like three seconds. Um, One thing that their sister says to them, and it will cause them to break down in tears, and then as they are crying and as tears are streaming down their face, they are laughing because something is funny. And I'll tell you what, seeing a three-year-old red in the face crying and then laughing is the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life because it is like two worlds just smashed together. But here's the thing. Happiness can be fragile. So here's the question, what makes joy different? So to repeat a phrase in the video that we watched earlier from Tim Mackey is this, biblical joy is an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. So therein lies the difference between happiness and joy. One is a feeling that is that we, uh, something that we feel that is based on our circumstances. The other is choosing to focus on God's love and faithfulness. And when we look at the biblical narrative, we see countless examples of individuals whose joy came from their faith in Jesus, not their current or even their future circumstances. How else, and the the video talked about this, how else could you be imprisoned because you proclaimed the goodness of God and the gospel? You wrote letters to uh, church communities in different countries, encouraging them to continue to serve Jesus faithfully, to love one another, all the while being in prison and still having joy. And this was the Apostle Paul's experience many times over. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 25 through 26 is one of those examples. But I want you to listen to one perspective. This is, again, the the Apostle Paul writing this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 through 10. It says, Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distress, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as imposters, 
known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet what? Always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. So the question becomes this, how the heck is this even possible? How is it possible to have this perspective in life? And I will say this, it goes all the way back to what the angels told the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. So if we look at verse 10 in Luke chapter 2, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will what? That will cause great joy for who? For all people. And so the good news that the angels speak of uh, is Jesus' birth. And here's the deal. This is not just an ordinary birth. It was the beginning of, of something anticipated for thousands and thousands of years. He said in verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. David, meaning King David, um, has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this is the Messiah and the Savior that had been prophesied about by the Hebrew prophets Micah and Isaiah. And this Messiah would come to be the ruler of all nations, to bring justice to the people. And here's the deal. All of this took place. He is the king of all kings, that he is bringing justice to all people. Um, And this happened when Jesus came, but he came in a slightly different package than they expected. He was a king that was born to ordinary parents. His birth was proclaimed by angels to ordinary people, the shepherds, but his birth would affect all people. Here's the deal. Our world didn't need another good leader or influencer. We have plenty of those. You can go on Instagram and you can buy your blue check verified. Like we don't need more influencers and good leaders. What our world needs and what our world needed was a savior. It needed someone who would come and redeem and save a broken and dying world. And here's the deal. This wasn't just the perspective of Jewish people, but it was also the perspective of people outside of the Jewish tradition. Epictetus was a Greek philosopher in the first and early uh, second centuries who did not follow Jesus, but he said this about the human experience, and it was interesting. He said this, while the emperor may give peace from war on land, Land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than even outward peace. So, what we see here is whether you follow Jesus or not, one can recognize a deep longing for peace and joy in life. We search for peace and joy in so many different ways, but what if we are looking in the wrong places for joy? What if we've been looking the whole time in the wrong places? It doesn't come in October with Amazon Prime Day, as amazing as those deals are, and you know what? Go for it. Maximize those deals. I know I did, but what if the birth of Jesus was that was the event that would ultimately bring joy that was constant, that it was consistent and trustworthy because it was based on a person who embodies all of those things. But here is the frustrating thing. 
even as a believer, you will face times of joylessness, even when you feel like you're trying really hard, you're trusting God, and here's the thing, life still sucks. I think we could go around the room and we could share personal experiences of how life isn't fair, the things that take place in life aren't fair, we don't want them to happen, but the thing is, they still happen. And here's the thing, you are not alone in that frustration. You're not alone in that frustration because we all experience that. But even thousands and thousands of years ago, there were people that we consider, quote, pillars of the faith and pillars of the Christian tradition that also had hard times of deep sorrow and despair. Job wished that he had never been born. King David, the guy we talked about a few moments ago, David prayed that he could go where he didn't have to face reality. Have you ever felt that before? No? Okay, cool. Me neither. Um, (laughs) I don't feel that right now. Um, The prophet Elijah, an amazing man of God who trusted God through so many different experiences, um, recorded in 1 Kings chapter 19, he defeated 400 prophets of Baal by calling down fire from heaven. And then we read a little bit ago that, that he prayed that God would simply take his life because he didn't want to live anymore. And we often believe that once we begin a relationship with Jesus, our sorrow, anxiousness, and happiness will all be made right. But unfortunately, we've lived long enough to know that that isn't true. Why is that not true? It's not true because we still live in a world that is riddled with sin and uncertainty. And that sin and uncertainty give way to things that happen in our lives that we can't control, but it also allows us to trust God and choose joy in those situations. Can you see the tension that you live in as a a Christian? You see the tension of trusting God and choosing joy but also experiencing some really hard things in life. You have so many things available to you, hope, peace, love, and joy through Jesus. But like I said, life is still difficult. But this is the beauty of Advent. We celebrate that Jesus came and offered hope, peace, love, and joy, but we also look forward to the day when Jesus will return and eradicate sin and death, and we will be able to once again live in unity with God in heaven. And one writer put it this way as we come to conclusion, joy is meant to be a hallmark of the Christian life. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and a gift of God. We best receive this gift when we focus on the truth of who God is, commune with him through prayer, and rely on the community of the believers that he has provided. And where when we look at the New Testament, we often see the context in which joy comes. And this, this writer wrote about it as well. We see that joy comes in the context of community, and we read about that in Hebrews chapter 10. We also see that joy can come in the midst of prayer. We see that joy can come through the studying of God's word, and we also see that joy can come when when we are being close to Jesus, or as John 15 says, as we are abiding in Jesus, as we are remaining in Jesus, as we are staying in close proximity to Jesus. Here's the deal. Choosing the joy of the Lord does not mean that we deny 
uh, the pain that we experience. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you to deny the pain that you are experiencing, that I'm experiencing. It means that we have someone to give that pain to that will help us move through it. So in our anxiousness, in our sorrow, and in our grief, we offer those things to the Lord, and his peace will fill our lives, allowing us to choose joy. And so if you were to summarize just everything that we talked about, Luke chapter 2 and all of these different themes of, of biblical joy, I believe you could summarize it this way. Joy is something we choose because of God's love and faithfulness. So if you were to leave with one thing, one reminder in this Christmas season, and I believe it's that, the joy is something we choose, not because it's easy, but because God is faithful and he loves you. So we're going to pray and we're going to go to our small groups. Jesus, we thank you that we can trust you. Jesus, we thank you for what you have done for us. Lord, we, we don't want to deny the pain that we experience. We're not going to deny the hurt that we experience as believers and non-believers. But Lord, I pray that we would be reminded tonight that we can trust in you, that we can hope in you, that you are our peace and that you love us unconditionally. So Lord, I pray that through this holiday season um, where families are, are, um, have broken relationships, where there's tension within a family, that there's tension because of circumstances or whatever the case may be, Lord, would you help us to choose joy, not because we have a lot of willpower and we have a lot of strength, but because that we are in community with other believers, that we are close to you, that we are in proximity to you and that we are with you. Would you help us to do that? In your name we pray. Amen.